Hey, hey, remarkable people. This is Tracy Robbins, and you are listening to Thy Neighbor Podcast. This podcast is designed to inspire you to expand your community, to connect more often with those who are in your path, and of course, to love thy neighbor as thyself. You will hear from individuals in my day-to-day life who are crushing it and making the world a more lovely place to inhabit. Have a listen. Philip is somebody that I have had discussions with regarding the topic of passion. Now, we are going to give him an opportunity to tell all of you about how he has, in his own journey, come to find passion in the workplace. Yep. So you can tell us more about your journey to finding passion. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Everyone has kind of their own journey, right? And I have, I feel like, trying to think about this for a minute, I feel like mine has been one that I wouldn't trade. It's been difficult for me at various times, but um, about 10 or 12 years ago, I had a job that I really loved doing product development. Um, It was for a financial services company that I really loved. I was really passionate about. It turned out to be time to leave that. And I went into analyst and consulting work for about 10 years. And that was a really hard 10 years professionally. And I don't feel like I progressed a whole lot. Uh, And I talked to various people. So I saw different uh, therapists and things like that, not just because of work, but just because I think it's beneficial for anyone to do that in their lives. And this, this (laughs) one, she called herself a life coach slash therapist. And she retired last August, which was kind of half devastating for me because I loved her so much. Um, But she was a huge, huge instrument for me in my life in finding the things I was passionate about. Uh, One of the jobs, one of the consulting jobs I had at the time, I was talking to her about it and she was like, why are you not looking for another job? Because there were various reasons why. And she said that and I was like, I don't really know. And so that kind of started this little journey for me that's only a year, a little over a year old, a year and a half maybe, where I got back into product development and I didn't even think I was good at it. I thought that I was going to get fired from this last job I had at any moment. And then turns out a few months later, my boss is telling me how great I am and how great I'm doing and all of these different things. Uh, And I had to do a lot of introspection to really get to believe that. Um, And again, seeing this, this woman, the therapist, she kind of helped me realize that as well. Like, what was the evidence that was presented to me that I was not good at this job? And there wasn't really any. And so I, as a result of this boss that I had at the time, who was one of the best bosses I've ever had, he believed in me and he would tell me that. And then this woman who was also helping me, I just kind of, started to believe in myself and got really passionate about what I was doing. And the interesting thing about passion is that when it's magnetic and when you find what it is that you're looking for, there's two, a couple things that happen. Number one, people are drawn to it. You become a natural leader. Even if you don't feel like you are, you become a natural leader just because of the passion that you have. 
second thing that happens is, you know, whether you, whether you want to call it the universe or God, however you address that, doors just open. When you're passionate about things, doors just open up for you that I don't think uh, would otherwise. Um, and to kind of, this is a long answer to your question, but to answer the original question, how do you find it? What's the journey like? It requires a lot of work. I think a lot of people get frustrated by it, and I did, but I also think that deep down inside, everyone knows what their passion is, but it's not easy to find. It requires a lot of work and a lot of really hard kind of critical thinking about yourself and what am I good at, what do I really want to do, because your subconscious, like I said, it knows. It just takes some real, a lot of digging to find out, to have your subconscious kind of tell you, like, this is what I want to do and this is what I'm passionate about. You know, there's this so that part was a long of, answer. Yeah, I like that answer. That was great. I, my, my, the part of me that's sitting here questioning or answer, asking questions of myself in this situation is, you know, when, when do we get to this point? Because I think a lot of time can be lost in a way, or we can view it as a loss of time by not figuring it out by not like having this idea of what really we are passionate about. But I, I think a lot of people just don't take the time, like the actual taking the time to sit down and write out, this is where I've felt successful or these things have given me energy. Like what gives you energy? And I think that's one of Mel Robbins. I like Mel Robbins. And she always says like, you know, what gives you energy? What makes you yeah. like more energized and doesn't deplete your energy? Those are the things you, you have, you have passion for. And so I think that's something we have to pay attention to. And then a lot of us are mm-hmm. we're like, well, there's a lot of things that deflate to like deplete my energy. And I don't, you know, I don't know if mothers right. listening to this or somebody else who's, you know, whatever they may be doing, they may be thinking, you know, raising this child is not actually the most energizing experience of my life, but I do it because I know the outcome. I have vision. I have a goal for, for this child, you know? <clears throat> so I guess, sure. I guess there's this part of me that's like, yeah, of course, like energy is essential, but how do we, I mean, I don't know. It's just, I guess my thought or my contribution to this is that it requires actually thinking about things. And I think a lot of times we don't want to be where we are, but we don't take the time to figure it out. So how do we get totally. there? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I totally agree. And I think there's, there's two things that I want to bring up. Uh, number one, is finding out why you do things, right? So everyone has a why. And if you haven't discovered your why, then it's really difficult to create that passion. Uh, Simon Sinek, Simon Sinek. I'm not sure you say his last Sinek, name. He wrote yeah, a book called, yeah, he's great. Yeah. Uh, called uh, start with why that is really vital. Not necessarily reading the book, but understanding why can I tell you a story about, something that happened in Mexico city a few weeks ago, a few months ago. Permission granted. Okay. So we are in the, we help uh, mostly small retailers uh, earn money through various ways. Right. So like a small clothing store might only take cash, but we are essentially what square is, but in Mexico. So, you know, that we provide devices so so that people can accept credit cards and, this one day I was in the store, we were doing some customer interviews, some merchant interviews, and they had a little clothing shop and they had a bunch of clothes outside kind of hanging up like a storefront kind of thing. And it started downpouring, like Mexico City downpours are like nothing I've ever seen. 
it started raining so hard and they are like rushing to bring all these clothes in. And I was standing there. I don't speak a lot of Spanish, so I wasn't providing a lot of value anyway. So I'm running out to kind of help them bring clothes in. And this little boy who is like six years old, it's a total family owned business. This little boy looks at me and he goes, muchas gracias, senor. And it was the most adorable, cutest thing I've ever seen. One of them anyway. And it kind of melted me a little bit inside, but also I, it just made me value that business because their why of that family is providing for him, right? Maybe he goes to college. Maybe he's the first one in this family to go to college. Maybe he doesn't, but he, you know, they provide for him. And it just really struck me. And so the job that I do now, I really love the people that we're working for, that we're trying to reach in Mexico. Um, and so for me, it's really valuing those relationships and the people that we're trying to help. That's why I do what I do. Um, and so I think, yeah, finding that why is important. So I guess my, my other part of that, I really, I love that. Um, I, and I appreciate that story because I feel like you found, you found a why while you were out there doing your work, you know, in the midst of it, mm -hmm. you found a why that you weren't even expecting, but it gave you purpose. It gave you more meaning and it gave you a vision for the company. And so I think every person who a business owner or somebody who's a part of a company, I think it's difficult sometimes to buy in onto people's visions or how they really are benefiting the world. Cause all of us want to make, I think most of us want to make a difference. We want to benefit. We want to contribute to our world. So I guess my question is how do you, how do you help people capture vision? Cause you have a vision for this company. How do you help sure. your team gain that vision? Yeah, so that's a great question. And there are a couple things. So number one, I don't want it to sound like I'm totally altruistic about it because I do also want to make money and I want to win. I'm competitive and we've got a lot of competitors in the marketplace and I want to win. And so there are a lot of reasons why when it comes down to it, I think it's because I care about the people, but I also want to win. Um, but kind of to, yeah, to address, to address kind of the earlier question and this one, uh, and you mentioned something earlier, kind of about making that list of things that you have been passionate about in your life or those or moments where you kind of felt that even if it's just a little bit of a kind of a, just a little bit of a tiny flame, um, is writing down the things that again, you felt passionate about. So that woman, that therapist that I was seeing, I mentioned, I mentioned her, she would always tell me to do that, like write down the things that I had passion for, or think about the times in my life where I felt passion and I didn't do it. And I think the reason I didn't do it and the reason why a lot of people don't go on that journey is because you're kind of afraid of what you're going to find. Like it feels like a lot of work to do and it is a lot of work, but you're also a little bit afraid of what you're going to find, right? Like, what if I can't find a passion or what if there really isn't anything there? Or what if it takes me 10 years of research, which is a long time, but guess what? At the end of that 10 years, at least you found it. She would always tell me like a lot of people don't ever find it. And that's a hard reality to face, I think. But I think the people that never find it are the ones who aren't willing to go on the journey. I agree. I think you're right. I 100% think that people can find things that they are passionate and excited about, but it requires effort and that people don't put in that effort. They genuinely don't put in the effort. And a lot of people yeah. just don't. Yeah. It's just not what they're... And I, and I 
<clears throat> I, I think there's multiple reasons why people don't do that. And it's not in a judgmental way that I say that. I just say that sure. in the regards that I think many people don't take the journey. And self-actualization okay. is the ultimate, you know, top of the hierarchy of needs and all those things. I mean, the way we can self-actualize is if we have everything else in order kind of thing, where we can actually take time to contemplate, what am I passionate about? I mean, this is a great and a, a great time to live that we can, we have time to contemplate our contributions and our passions and that people are more fully in our society pursuing their passion because that is, that's how the world flourishes really is through people's efforts. Agreed. Agreed. I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but if you are passionate, like people follow you like to, in order to lead, you've got to be passionate and, you don't have to be a natural leader. If you're passionate, people will follow. And one other thing that is kind of off topic, but it relates. For that 10 years that I was doing analyst and consulting work, one of my weaknesses professionally, I'm not very technical. And it has been like the bane of my existence trying to understand technical concepts that the developers that work on my teams do. I'm just not good at it. And for so long, I was like, I got to make this weakness a strength. If I work hard enough, I can turn it into a strength. And it required so much work. But then between, well, I think this was mostly due to my last boss. I learned what I was really good at. And I would say that company as a whole, they taught me what I was really good at. And it kind of changed my thinking a little bit from, I need to turn these weaknesses into strengths to, I've got these strengths. I'm going to magnify these strengths and do everything I can to put them on display and really use them in my life. And you've got to get your weaknesses to a point where they're not liabilities, Mm -hmm. but they don't need to be strengths. Focus on your strengths. And as you do that, you will realize and you'll learn what you're good at and what you're passionate about. That will, if you focus on your strengths, that will lead you to your passion. So I really, really love this idea about, well, I mean, I like, I, I love this idea specifically about, you know, we, we are able to find our passion. We're able to discover. And as we do that, there's a leadership aspect of this. So that's something I kind of want to mm-hmm. look at a little closer. So the leadership aspect. So when you do, when you are passionate, people automatically want to follow you. How did you discover yeah. that? Uh, good question. Uh, mostly through seeing it in action. I've been parts of organizations where leaders were passionate about what they're doing. And I've been parts of organizations where people weren't. And the ones where people were passionate, again, that last company, that was a model in my mind for leaders who had vision and were passionate. And I, I just saw that it was hard not to get on that train because that train is moving fast. And I was like, I want to be part of that. And then, you know, I come to my new company that I'm at now. I've only been there about six months. And there are certainly positive attributes. I don't know if some of the leadership and some of the passion is there, but I've tried to bring that. And it's been amazing. We've had kind of a culture of not really being able to uh, deliver, I guess. I'm kind of divulging a lot here, but the team that I work on, I've really tried to to change that by being passionate. And it's been amazing to see the turnaround in what the team that I'm on has been able to do. Yeah. I'm just going to, I'm going to stop right there. I don't yeah. want to divulge too much on that, yeah. but, but no, I, it, yeah. It's, <clears throat> yeah, just seeing it in action in others and then trying to do it myself 
and seeing kind of how that has changed, uh, changed what we're doing. Okay. So I, I feel like there's the aspect of, um, leadership, I guess I, I want to, cause I think I'm trying to relate this to my own life and think about sure. when have I been a leader? So maybe that's a question mm-hmm. that people can actually ask themselves. When, when have people followed you um, because of how you were behaving, how you were showing up in that situation or that place, whether it was when you were planting trees on Earth Day at a, sure. an, an event where you were excited about planting trees because you love trees mm-hmm. or because, I mean, what is it that makes people, you know, come be willing to follow you. And I, I would say that, so this is, I don't know why I'm telling you this story. I know why I'm doing this on here, but I'm going to go with it. So, um, in the regards that I feel like yesterday I had this moment where I was at the gym (laughs) and I was just like hollering. I didn't know anybody in this class, but I was like doing my thing, yelling as I was like doing my running. Cause I was, it was exhausting. This workout was really tough. Mm -hmm. And um, and I knew that I was infusing energy into other people around me. I could see that I was a leader. I was automatically a leader in that location because I wasn't afraid to sh- to be myself in a way. I wasn't sure. I wasn't holding back on on who I am as a cheerleader. I'm a, I'm a really good cheerleader. And so um, anyway, I was showing up that way. And it was interesting because at the end of the right. class, one of the women, she said to me, or the the class teacher, she was like, "Oh, we're gonna listen to that." I don't know if you've seen the whole viral, viral sound about like, do you hear Yanni or Laurel? Have you seen that? Oh yes, mm-hmm. yeah, yes, I have. And and I when my I had a student come up and walk up to me because I'm a teacher, and they said to me this week, Ms. Robbins, what do you hear? And I said, I hear, you know, I said I hear Laurel, and she's like, mm-hmm. oh no no, other people, and she's like, she hears Yanni, and then so when I was there, I was thinking Yanni instead of Laurel, and I heard Yanny. And then the second time around, mm. I thought Laurel, and I heard Laurel. And I said, and she's like, do you know why this? She said, how many of you heard Yanny? And I raised my hand. And she's like, how many of you heard Laurel? Because she did two times, and I raised my hand because I heard it both both times. And uh-huh. and she said, and she's like, well, it really depends, like, the frequency, I guess, the, like, high pitch or the low pitch. Different people hear different frequencies on it. And or something like that. That was basically her explanation, which I'm sure I'm butchering right now. And I was like, well, I think it's based on what you think. This is me just piping up. I was like, I actually think it's like if you think about Yanni, you can hear Yanni. And if you think about Laurel, Mm -hmm. you can hear Laurel because that's just what I did. And that's how it worked. And she was like, no, I mean, I can't hear Laurel. And anyway, I I immediately saw like that my my comment was not welcome. (laughs) And um, it wasn't. And I, I really contemplated it. I really thought about like I totally turned off all these people to me by how I handled that situation. Whereas like, how could I have handled that in a more humble way? Cause I think what it was, it came off like proud in a way, or it came sure. off as I know so much. And so I, I guess I'm the authenticity is basically what I'm getting to in this story is that we do have to be authentic, but we also have to reflect on how people perceive us and what would have turned them off to us. Why, you know, Cause I think if I would have responded in like, how does that work? You know, like how does it yeah, work? Yeah, yeah. It would have been the better response rather than like, I think it's just based on what you think about. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, do, I do you see what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I had to sit there and contemplate like, wow, I really got like negative energy in a lot of directions sure. from these people based on how I responded. And prior to this moment, I was a leader in this class. Uh huh. And then immediately I felt yeah. like I was turned on, like based on how sure. I handled something. 
I don't know what there's to yeah, learn from you, that, but I'm clearly thinking about it. So you you open up a whole can of worms in my <laughs> mind. Um, and so I think there's two things. Obviously, I wasn't there, so I can't say, but based on your description, it sounds like you were a leader and then not just one or two, but everyone may have kind of thought differently after that. I don't know. Um, but I think there's two things. Number one, people have to be willing to receive, right? Uh, just because you have vision in that class or I have vision at work, it doesn't mean that everyone wants to follow. Like people have to, their hearts have to be open to it. Um, and this doesn't mean that like you or I are the be all end all in leadership in these capacities, right? Like there could be someone else in that class that is leading better at a different aspect. And same with my work, there's someone else that's leading in a different aspect. So you know, just as we have to be willing to kind of do that search to find what we're passionate about, people have to be willing to accept it and be willing to follow when they find someone like that. Um, and then also there's an aspect of believing in yourself. And that I think is the hardest part for me and for everyone, at least on my journey, it was the hardest part. And it took a lot of work to and talking to a lot of people and a lot of reinforcement from others, but ultimately that reinforcement has to come from yourself. Um, and once you kind of really believe that you said it earlier, authentic, being authentic, like authentic passion, the whole fake it till you make it thing that can work for a minute. And sometimes that's what it takes in order to really ignite the passion. That's not something that worked for me. I, I couldn't do it, but that doesn't mean that it's not really valuable and great for others. Um, sometimes that's what it takes to kind of get, get the path started. Yeah. And I guess maybe faking it. I mean, that whole thing, like fake it till you make it. There's this part of me that's like, if you feel like you continually fake it, eventually your true colors are going to come out anyway. I mean, what you really that's feel right. like is that's going right. to show up whether or not you want it to show up or not, it's going to show um, in, in how you behave. I think that's where the vision aspect is crucial. If the people Agreed. don't have a vision and they don't have a bigger picture, then then what is it's not going to propel them really for That's a very right. long time. That's right. <laughs> so totally agree. And there's there's one other point that I want to make that we haven't really touched on, but I think is important. Um, so in my workplace, or in you know an exercise class, or you know, if you're part of a church group or, you know, whatever it is in your life, I would rather take passion over skill or smarts any day because people can learn skills and smarts. There may be different skills, but people can learn that. You can't teach passion. Passion has to come from within. And so, again, I would take that 10 times out of 10, someone who's passionate versus someone who's really smart or, you know, just is good at a certain skill, because that's, again, what, that's really what gets things done in any aspect of life, personal life, whatever. If you're passionate about something, passion, what's the word I'm looking for? It promotes achievement. Propels, I don't, propels achievement. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know what the right word is, but right. I think you understand what I'm trying to say. Right. So I guess there's this part of me that kind of wants to push back against that a little bit, because I think some people know that they're very skilled at certain things and they can deliver on that they can deliver on something that they're very good at but there must be some level of satisfaction i guess for them maybe to perform in that aspect so there may be because i think some people recognize like i'm really good at running or i'm really good mm -hmm. at um <clears throat> at graphic design but i don't love it sure. 
but I can make it happen. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think there's a place for that. Your passion doesn't always have to align with your career or your passion doesn't always have to align with, I don't know, whatever it is that you do. You can be passionate about something that doesn't necessarily earn money. And, you know, I've talked a lot about my, my work right now, and I do feel passionate about it, but that may wane or I may find something else that is different that I'm not totally passionate about, but it pays the bills. Um, so, you know, what you're good at doesn't always have to align with your passion. I think it oftentimes does. So yeah, you bring up, you bring up a valid yeah. point, but I, I, I guess there's just part I, of me that's like, yeah, there's always two, I guess there's two sides to every coin. It doesn't mean that. Sure. Sure. And especially even in your profession, sometimes you do things and you do them well and you may not feel passionate about them, but there's other things that you do feel passionate about and that propels you in that realm, even in your professional agreed, realm. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So if someone is a really good graphic designer or a really good software developer, they may go to work every day and every Sunday night they get the Sunday night blues, which I get sometimes. I'm like, man, I don't want to go to work tomorrow. But, it, you know, it's about how you show up in that moment. And if you really show up, even if you're not passionate about it, you can do great work and really contribute to the world. But then when you go home at night and you are with your kids or your out on a run or on a bike ride or whatever it is that you do, that may be the thing that you're passionate about. And that's great. You know, just because your passion doesn't, doesn't always have to align with what you're really good at. Like I said, I think it oftentimes does, but it doesn't always have to. I love that. Anything else you want to add? Hmm. I, if you, passion is magnetic and people are drawn to it. Authentic passion is magnetic and people are drawn to it. If you can find what that is for you, then like I said, doors open that just wouldn't have opened otherwise. And so I don't know, that's maybe a parting thought. Yeah. Opportunities yeah. open for people who are passionate and who can find that passion.